I don't believe talent creates a good athlete. I believe hard work creates a good athlete because most of the talented athletes I've coached haven't made it to the top, but the ones that have worked the hardest have. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Edge podcast. This podcast is designed to give the Team Popper members and our greater snow sports community an insight into the world, which is competitive skiing from the club level right through to the elite level. My name is Rochelle Gilmore and I am hosting this series. I am a coach for Team Hotham and former athlete with the club. This podcast is a great way for us to share a behind the scenes look into the world of competitive skiing coming from the Australian perspective. In this episode, I sit down and have a chat with our head freeride coach, Al Clay. We talk about his background in coaching, freeride and the benefits of it, the mindset of an athlete, what he also thinks makes a good athlete, and the benefits of freeride as a sport. We also talk about where he thinks freeride is going with the club over the coming years. And quite a few other interesting things. Also, just a note, you can hear the groomers grooming the snow at times during the recording. That little beep beep noise. Yeah, I couldn't get rid of that. Anyway, I guess that makes it all the more authentic, right? And before we jump into this chat, we would like to thank Carter Kirk Kramer Property Valuers. Carter is the largest independent professional property services firm in Australia. For over 40 years, Carter has provided independent property valuations across the property market segments, including residential, commercial, and specialist valuation services, completing over 25,000 valuations each year. Carter is entirely independent, which means their clients' interests are always their utmost priority. They are focused on delivering service excellence and all the valuers work within a system of peer review and rigid quality assurance. Carter is trusted by all the major financial institutions and banks. Carter is delighted to be sponsoring Team Hotham. Next time you need a property valued, contact Craig Kilby at Carter Clerk Craig or visit c-a-r-t-e-r-c-k.com.au. Let's get into this chat. We've got another episode of the Edge podcast here. We've got Al Clay. How are we going today? Fantastic, like every day, Rochelle. Awesome. We're sitting here at Hotham. It's been a good day out on the snow. It has. Every day on the snow is a good day as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. So, Al, can you tell me a little bit about your role here in the club? Like, what is, what's your title? So, my role is head freeride coach. So, that would be my title. So, my role would be looking after the freeride program in the club. Awesome. I guess you're kind of new to Team Hotham this year. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Like, when did you start skiing? So, I started skiing at Mount Hotham in 1983 when I was a three-year-old. And I was a member of Team Hotham for one year in, I think, the early 90s. And then I did my first year coaching at Team Hotham, I think in year 2000. Um, and then I coached through till about 2005. Then I went and worked for Perisher Winners Sports Club and ran their program for a year. And then I sort of left the ski industry and did some other stuff. And now I sort of 
come back and I do a bit of coaching part-time and weekends and when they want me. So, Al, why'd you come back? Why have you decided to coach again? Because you had a little bit of a break, so... Yes. Well, I've always loved coaching. I like working with the athletes. I like facilitating their progression and them getting stoked on learning new things and the love of skiing. And I, I find it quite rewarding to, um, as I have a full-time job off the mountain, I do this as sort of for fun because I really enjoy it. It's just a passion of mine. So, I guess with so much coaching experience you've had which we'll probably jump into soon what is your coaching philosophy it's pretty pretty simple Uh, my coaching philosophy is to keep the kids safe to start with because you can't train kids that are injured second part is to make sure they develop a passion and they have fun out on the snow and then after that it's progression and I yeah I really do enjoy when the kids progress because they enjoy it so that's what I I really enjoy. I mean, this is kind of the first time that we've worked together and it's been kind of cool to see how passionate you are about coaching because we've done, I guess, a little bit of instructing together. So I guess with the free ride program this year, it's kind of the first time at Hotham we've kind of pushed that winter sports club kind of idea, that feeder program with the free ride program. Yeah. How do you feel about all of that and being the head coach for the free ride team? I feel great about it. Team Hotham has a very, we're, we're free ride this year, which is basically everything that is not race specific. So free ride is its own discipline, but it's made up of jumping skills and all mountain skiing. You need race technique to be a good free rider. You need some mobile technique to be a good free rider. You need to be able to jump to be a good free rider. So um, it's sort of holistic skiing. We Previous years when I used to coach, we were a winter sports club at Team Hotham when I started here and when I was here as a kid and we had cross-country skiing, decathlon, snowboard, freestyle, which I used to coach freestyle and race. So it's not new to Team Hotham. So it's not new and we've had a very proud history here at Team Hotham with some exceptional athletes. So when I first started coaching, I was coaching under David Spears, who I was very grateful to have as a mentor and I was lucky to have uh, Steve Desovich as a national team freestyle coach working out of Team Hotham that first year that I was coaching as well. I was very fortunate to have both of those individuals give me some education into coaching. We've had from the club, we've had Jane Sexton, Olympian, Mike Robinson, Olympian, freestyle. We've had Ali Blackwell, three times national champion, not Olympian. You know, the Pippo Donalds, the Chris Heights. B, there was a lot of great athletes that came out of Team Hotham in the late 90s, early 2000s for freestyle and particularly mobile skiing. And then that sort of stopped for a period of time and then we're up and we're going again. So Yeah, kind of gone full circle a little bit. It has been a bit of a, a full circle. So, um, But it's great to have the club embracing all the sports and with the club's philosophy from what I understand, which I'm a full support, supporter of is the 12 and under age groups learn how to ski and that's race free ride jumping moguls everything Um, and that gives them the platform and the basic skills that then they can choose whichever way they would like to go once they start going to under 14s and under 16s to start specializing so i'm you know i'm a big fan of the sports club model because i think the more sports you play the more variation of the sports you do the better athletes 
leaps you will make in the long run. For sure. I think a lot of the other coaches in this club would agree with that. You know, that diverse, different sports, especially at that younger age. Hmm. And yeah, it's cool to hear a little bit about the history of Team Hotham and having, yeah, freeride not necessarily being a new thing, just a new thing as of the last few years. Yeah, and I guess... It's hard to talk about as in free ride or freestyle or it's evolved the words we use to label what we're doing over time. So free ride, um, when I was younger, was called extreme skiing. It was the extreme skiing comps and now that's moved into free ride. Free ride used to be park and pipe and now that's called freestyle. So the labels for what happened can change between what hemisphere you're in and what you you know what sort of what is considered standard within the place that you're at so free free ride is basically a combination of all of those things so you can be a freestyle or a straight moguls path or the free ride path which is big mountain or you could be slope store style um, or big air path as well so it's it's a very large gamut of what is covered under the name free ride or freestyle or whatever it's can choose within that area which way you would like to go as well it's kind of like an umbrella term for a lot of yes those more i guess judged sports that's probably a great way to say yeah. it. it's judged sports which we're looking at in um, this area as opposed to being against the clock which then judge sports have their own idiosyncrasies and things about them yes they yes. do so you have quite a lot of i guess certifications and quite a lot of experience when it comes to skiing like you're at APSI level four, got your freestyle coach, done a bit of mountaineering and backcountry in the US. I wanted to ask you about the Great Britain national team, development team from there. So what's the story? So that was my first year coaching up at uh, up at Hotham, which would have been, I think, 2000. And David Spears, my mentor, had the Great Britain national team um, over. So he was um, training their hopeful Olympians for the 2002 Olympics and I was training the development team which was quite an experience some of those athletes had actually never seen snow they'd been on dry slopes only and been selected from their quasi intercourt school competitions to make their development team would be a bit like our end Swiss team in Australia so they came over to train for the season and um, yeah that was my my first season we were fortunate enough to have the national team um, Australia's national team training out of team Hotham as well so yeah that was just a great experience and that was what gave me uh, my base education in in coaching which I'm very grateful for wow that's such a great experience for when you like first start coaching to be jumping into that and then you went on to coach the open female Australian national team in 2002 three and 04 let's talk a little bit about that that was funny we had we had Ali Blackwell who would have been probably 26 and I may have been 22 23 so she was just a great athlete loved skiing and she was one of those athletes that performed in a competition like she always skied at her best in a competition same as Mark Babbage who went through the end Swiss team from Team Hotham as well Fierce Babbage he would just always on comp day he performed at his elite and that's something as a coach you and I know it's hard to understand why some kids just perform really well on comp day and some kids um, really struggle on comp day like they train well but don't compete well 
so yeah, Ali was just one of those um, great athletes, and um, yeah, she just put down solid runs and got the national title three years in a row. Not being a member of the national team, she was beating the national team to do that. And what was she competing in? In mogul skiing. Oh, okay. Wanted to check which yes. sport <laughs> in the freestyle realm she was competing. Yes, that's quite exciting. Love a bit of mogul skiing, I guess. You were also the head freestyle coach at Parisha Blue or Parisha Winter Sports Club. Tell me a little bit about that. That was 2005 or 2006. So I um, I stopped coaching at Team Hotham and I had Adrian Costa, who was a multiple um, freestyle or moguls Olympian, come and join the club. And I went and ran Parisha Winter Sports Club. Got quite a big program over there. And that was just a um, yeah fantastic experience working with Topper and I had UC Pekka Kinnan from Finland working with the team as well and we had a good group there so yeah it was just a nice way to finishing out my coaching time in those days before um, I moved on to boring work in an office. What's your boring work been? For that I was doing a graduate program with ANZ as a corporate banker, did that for a few years and then I moved back to the rural area of uh, Wangaratta and started running my father's transport business which I have been doing ever since there you go yes we all go on our different paths in life yes and now you're back and now i'm back <laughs> so you also coached in telluride or the telluride freeride team in the ussa rocky mountain division slopestyle and half pipe competitions yes so between about 2000 and 2005 uh, i worked out of telluride and i was the slope style park sort of coach which was quite new back then it was quite a new sport you know slope style and big air and that sort of stuff and i was fortunate enough to be the head coach there and the local school kids would ski with me as their PE class three times a week and then I'd coach them on the weekend as well and we'd travel around and yeah we had um, a lot of fun over there and I learned a lot and um, spent some time with some really good athletes and got to contribute to some of those um, athletes in their early days. Wasn't twin tips kind of just being invented back then? Yeah so there was only two when I I think it was 2000, there was the Salomon 1080 and maybe a dinner star and that was about it. So we were all just learning to ski backwards and hit jumps backwards. I think the X Games was one with a switch seven, upright seven, which is quite easy most 16 year olds that are good could do that now and now they're doing quad flips with spitting. So it's really progressed a long way since I started coaching when Twin Tips first started coming out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you would have seen the sport progress a lot in this time. What are some of the like major changes that you've seen? We went to Twin Tips and shape skis were coming out around about the same time. So that was a change. We had to adapt the way that we ski from what the way we used to ski. We then probably got too much shape and then bought a thing up called Rocker and it all makes us ski bad and we're almost bringing the skis back to how they were with a more traditional camber for high performance and and obviously no rocker and not so much aggressive shape because it blows knees out if it's not handled the right way good for beginners but not for high performance athletes so it's been interesting to see how the technology has changed and then the progression path 
to develop athletes to be able to do these high degree difficulty tricks on snow has become a lot more professional through trampolining to water ramps and now we have airbags that you can actually land on and ski out of so we can train a lot of stuff off snow for freestyle free ride disciplines which is one of the advantages we have in Australia and probably why like in mogul skiing in Australia we're accepted as one of the, the four best countries in the world we are you know really looked at the national team coaches through Steve Desovich who I think is the best moguls coach in the world and then Pete uh, McNeil and Kate Laney in the air working with the national team they are considered at the forefront of the sport and as with our athletes with Matt Graham and all the other Australian national team are really as good as any other country in the world in that um, discipline which is fantastic that we can do that with such a small small snow season you know time on snow is crucial but we're lucky in any of the free ride freestyle sports that we can train our air awareness we can train um, that on trampolines we can train it on water ramps airbags which allows us to progress when we don't have snow which is really hard obviously in the race disciplines that we do. Australia has been pretty successful in the freestyle realm. I mean, looking at mogul skiers in a lot of the Olympics that I remember, I guess, in my lifetime, there has been a lot of people on the podium. So I guess exciting to look at that from the club level, like Team Hotham, I guess, where do you see, I guess, us developing the freestyle program to feed into that kind of standard? Yeah, so I guess that might come back to my coaching philosophy a bit, but I believe that all all children should choose what they'd like to do on the snow. We all want them to have fun on the snow and if we try to guide them too much into what we think they would like to do, I don't think that helps. I think we need to let them swap between disciplines as they choose and as they grow. Ali, you were talking a little bit about, I guess, some of the success that we've had like as a country. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about our free ride program. Where do you kind of see us going and growing like as a club in the free ride like realm? I see after this year that we've had a fairly successful season. We've had a lot of people um, join and I think the program's going well. I could see that we could end up with a bit of a split between a more slope style focus, big air focus, and then maybe a bit more skiing focus with the moguls and free ride together. They are all individual sports and you've got, you know, three Olympic sports within the same banner. What it comes down to is where do the kids want to go? Where do the athletes want to go? What keeps them motivated to ski and enjoy their time on the snow? So it will really be up to them where they want to take it. Exactly. So Al, you've had quite a lot of successful athletes. Tell me a little bit about that. I think there's quite a few names that are quite well known in Australia and internationally. Who are some of your highlight athletes? I think sometimes you get highlights with athletes that aren't names that you just really enjoyed working with them and it's the connection you get. And that's probably one of the things I really enjoy about coaching. Um, but I was very fortunate when you coach over a number of seasons, you get exposed to um, certain athletes. So say when I was coaching in Telluride, I had Gus Kenworthy in my um, in my group. So he ended up as a Olympian for slope style medalist. When I went to coach at Perisher Winter Sports, um, I coached a, a young group there. Young Maddie Graham was probably 10 and there was Nicole Parks and Taylor O'Neill. They all ended up as Olympians a few years later. So I've been fortunate to... Um, work with some great talented kids feel like you've been able to help them 
move in the right direction and um, get into the national teams where really good coaches look after them. Well, sounds like our kids are in some good hands then. How do you feel having coached kids that have gone on to reach yeah, those higher the, the levels? high levels. Yeah. Level, of course, you feel... You feel really proud. You know, it's nice to um, think that you've been part of that, but it's really, you know, it's up to the athlete on how they perform in the long run and where they get to and their motivation and drive. You can only guide and assist. But, it, yeah, it does make you feel good to think that you've um, been able to help some of those um, kids in their developmental phase to become top athletes. Exactly. I might have already asked this, and I kind of asked you this question as well. Where do you see, what are your visions? for the club over the next like three to five years like how do you see us like molding and changing and I guess growing the way I see the club moving forward with free ride is that we'll be focusing more off the snow so when it's not winter if we're not overseas skiing in summer and and training we will be doing water ramp we'll be doing trampoline sessions during the week there'll be dry land training to prepare us in particular focus on air awareness which is tends to be the the extra thing that um, we need to and we can train not on snow which is crucial to you know free ride slope style moguls it's all got air awareness in it so i could see a lot more um, things happening outside the ski season for the free ride i could see um, a group of athletes maybe next year heading over to start competing in free ride comps in new zealand which i think would be great for the athletes and new zealand's got a very strong free ride program one of the better free ride programs in the world so i could see us taking some some guys over and girls over to compete over there and then hopefully you know in three to five years that we may have a specialist moguls stream and more a free ride or slope style stream but that'll depend on what the athletes want and what the club wants guess we'll have to wait and see if it's cool to hear cool to hear about it let's go for a not so serious question you were asked this question what is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten in your coach's corner thing on the website and you said that you ate a deep fried spider in mexico Mm. Uh, what was going on there well it might have been in guatemala not mexico but i was traveling um, from mexico to guatemala on some sort of with a friend that i was backpacking in between some seasons and uh, we ended up on a bus somewhere and they pulled over at a service station and some um, young kids jumped on the bus with plates of deep fried spiders offering us some spiders so of course i said yes i've got to have one of these what did it taste like tasted like deep fried batter I yeah i didn't really think i tasted the spider at all there is actually in one of the lolly shops in bright you can get a lollipop with a spider in it. Fun fact. So if you're stopping through Bright... A real spider? Well, yeah, a real spider. Cool. I'm going to get one on the way home. Right in the bakery. Excellent. An interesting thing to have eaten. So, Al, you've been involved in, I guess, skiing for a really long time and you've been a coach for quite a long time and you've had a lot of experience with that. What about you being coached? Like, what are some of the things that you look for in a coach? So to be coached, I only had a year being coached on skis and then my um, training and then obviously mentored as I was older. So most of my coaching experience from another person has been with fly fishing. 
So I'm a avid fly fisherman and I have a coach and I spent 30 years fly fishing and I wasn't really very good at it. And then I got a coach and within 12 months, I probably catch now five times the amount of fish as I used to catch. And I wonder why I didn't do it 10 years earlier or maybe 20 years earlier. I honestly didn't realise that you could get a coach for fly fishing. Probably didn't realise that there's a world championships for fly fishing either. Oh, that seems very niche. Yes, it is very niche. Are very you... technical. So anything that is very technical really does help with coaching or does benefit from being coached. That's gold. Cool. I guess we touched on this a little bit earlier. You have a day job, a job that isn't skiing, but then you commit so much time to being up here. Well, it is a big commitment for you to come up here all the time. Why do you do it? I do it because I love it. You know, I, I run a trucking business as a family business off the mountain um, in a very small town in regional Victoria. Coming up here, I feel like Hotham's my second home. I've grown up here skiing since I was a kid. I really like the connection with the children and the children progressing and um, you know I get a lot of enjoyment out of that so I really just do it for fun I'm lucky you're having fun kids yes. are having fun yeah. everyone's getting better would you like to expand a little bit about the different athletes and like maybe the things that you I guess recognize in those in the athletes that have become more successful like is there any patterns that you've seen yes there's certainly patterns I've seen the most talented athlete that found it the easiest to learn has generally not been the one I've seen that has risen to the top. It's been the second, the third, and the fourth, and the athlete that has been prepared to fight to get where they've got and then commit to their sport at the age of 14, 15, 16, 17, when there's a lot of other distractions for young people and things coming into their life. The ones that have gone to the top get to the top because of mindset. They don't have any more talent than anyone else. I don't believe talent creates a good athlete. I believe hard work creates a good athlete because most of the talented athletes I've coached haven't made it to the top, but the ones that have worked the hardest have. Like it's not always all about being the most talented. It's like a combination of like talent and hard work. Like would you agree or? Oh, for sure. Look, and talent, it's easy for someone to look at someone and go, oh, look at that, that person there skiing really well or they're casting that fly really well or whatever else. And you go, oh, they're, they just, it's easy for them. They're talented. You get rewarded in life in public for what you practice in private. You probably find that they've just spent more time practicing. Talent, oh, they're talented, but they've probably spent more time running and being, you know, outdoor, you know, athletic and outdoors and go, oh, they're a talented athletic kid. They've probably spent a lot more time practicing being an athletic child than ones that you look at and go aren't you don't think have got the talent so i don't actually don't believe in talent is any real ingredient to create um greatness i believe talent is something that we have a bias to attributing to somebody after they're already done the hard work to get good that makes sense and i think probably a lot of people will agree with that or maybe just inspire them a little bit really putting in the hard work i read i'm quite passionate about behavioral psychology it's just something i 
study a lot just for fun so and how why we do what we do and that sort of stuff so i actually studied this stuff a bit and if you want to create a chess champion you can you just have to and there's people who have done this a couple and they decided that they were going to see if they could create chess champions and their three daughters became the best female chess players in the world i don't think they had any more talent than anyone else but they were conditioned the right way well uh, we've talked about a lot of different things But I would like to ask you, do you have any piece of advice or any pieces of advice maybe for the parents of the club? I think parents need to focus on whether their children are enjoying what they're doing or not. Pushing children doesn't help. And I don't see that really around the club, maybe um, being free ride where we're not against the clock, but parents need to foster a love of activity sport movement exercise and that's all they really need to do to support their child to be a champion if they the child wants to be you can never push a child to be a champion they have to want it themselves and the only way they're going to want it is if they enjoy it. So when we go to the Ski and Snowboard Australia Awards every year and Athlete of the Year stands up, so it may be Britt Cox after she won the um, the Golden Globe for, for mogul skiing or whatever, and I haven't seen any of them stand up and start by saying anything else, but I love what I do. I love skiing, whether it be aerials, whether it be moguls, whether it be racing, they all just say, I love it. So if you want to have a, a child as a high-level athlete, you better make sure they love it. What about the athletes? Do you have any words of advice for the athletes? So word of advice for the athletes. And when it comes down to athletes in different levels and different stages of their development, it can be um, a big question. But to keep it really simple, and um, you've worked with me coaching, Rochelle, I do keep it pretty simple with the way I do things. They've got to make sure they love it too. If they're going to be at the top of their field, they're going to want to love what they're doing or they're going to leave the sport. So um, make sure you do while anything that you want to get better at is going to take um, hard work and going to be uncomfortable at times. Um, overall, you're still going to need to love what you're doing to stay committed to it. Yeah. You know, the best skier believes they are the best skier and that they will put down the best run. Well, Al, I think we might wrap it up there unless you have any more parting thoughts for us. Thank you very much for uh, having me on the on the podcast and um, yeah just looking forward to the rest of the season yeah it's going to be good um we've had the sweet chiming sounds of the groomers in the background for the whole podcast but that's all right <laughs> nice and authentic out there but yeah thanks for doing this with me my pleasure thanks for having me rochelle and that is a wrap on our episode with al clay thank you for listening and be sure to click the subscribe button on wherever you are listening so you don't miss an episode and if you're enjoying the show please share it with someone who you think might like a little listen also if you're on apple podcasts and if you have time please leave a rating and review because it'll help people find the edge podcast see you later